You know, I, I, I can't help but stop and think that the Lord is speaking directly to his people and trying to tell us that as important as the voting booth is, it is not as important as the prayer closet. So there are things that I, I just, I think we need to learn. We need to remember. Now, Lord willing, next, uh, next Sunday I'm going to be preaching out of Psalm 103, Thanksgiving Reflections. And then the next Sunday after that is Thanksgiving Response, and that will be coming out of uh, Psalm 116. But for right now, I want to remind us of a few things. You know, there's going to be verses that you know, maybe a couple that you're not all that familiar with. But just to remind us of our role here, I, I just, you know, especially with the reading I've been doing this last week, I tell you what, you just, you just flat out get excited. When you're reading about revival, when you're reading about how God is working and has worked in time past, and then you're reading, you know, with, a, with a, a focus on the future. Folks, I think we'd be crazy not to stop and consider ourselves not only individually, but also corporately as a local church, how God would use us and how God desires to use us. We're all growing, all of us. We still are. And we need to be. I'm, I'm telling you, if we would allow it, the local fellowship is a place where we can look at each other and rejoice and say, you know something? We're on the winning side, Ted. We're on the winning side, Ryan. We're on the winning side, Mike. We're on the winning side, Dave. We're on the winning side. What does that mean, though? Well, let's check it out a little bit. But I'm telling you, I, I'm also, I'm going to be preaching, I'm going to be starting tonight uh, a series in the book of Colossians. I love the book of Colossians, and that's going to be great. But Lord willing, the first of next year, going to be starting on the Holy Spirit. This is why I've said that our God is as much on this earth right now as he was 2,000 years ago in Israel. Because he's here in us. He said so. I will send another comforter. This isn't in my notes, so if it extends everything by three minutes, you're fine with that. And all God's people said. When he said, I will send another comforter, somebody like him, there's two words that he could have used with for the word another. One is another of a different kind. The other is another of, a, of the same kind. That's the word he used. In other words, God, the Holy Spirit is coming and he's here. Now, we wind up getting all wound up with different movements that have misused and abused the Holy Spirit. We're not going to get hung up on that. We're going to go to the Word of God and study what we have. But 
Again, that's for the first part, Lord willing, of next year. Meanwhile, I am looking at individual believers, and we all collectively need to encourage ourselves and encourage each other. Go to this passage, if you would, 2 Peter chapter 2, excuse me, chapter 3, verse 11. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 11. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved. <laughs> Guess what? This place that you see, it's not going to last forever. It's gone. It's toast. It's anathema. It's no more. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved. Hey, here's a good question. If it ain't going to last, what manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness? Now look, through the Apostle Peter, we are being asked by God, basically, do, do you recognize how you're supposed to be living? Now this is where we, we, we look at each other and say, listen, There is this time, and it's called now, where we can grow, we can know, and we can recognize what our God seeks to do in us to his glory. I'm telling you, just read some of the men and women, for that matter, from the past that took seriously the calling... I'm in the book of Acts right now. <laughs> That'll never get you stirred, will it? Oh, man, I'll tell you what. Look at verse 12. Looking for and hasting under the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness. How many of you are sick of sin? How many of you are sick of your own sin? One day, folks, this body of flesh will set aside. It causes us great difficulty now sometimes. Sometimes it brings us to tears. By the way, I, I, I've got to mention, I've got to mention this. I remember when I was younger, uh, my dad, you know, Marine, all that. And yet when he got older, the tears came easier. Not that he was losing it or anything, but it just, you know, it just, they came easier. I didn't understand that. I do now. You know, you just, you're getting ready to preach and I, and, and I get, you know, I, you guys get in my mind and then I'm thinking of, I'm thinking of my own kids and you know, the tears come because you want God to work in their lives and you want the Lord to do a great work. Everything okay here? Oh, okay, very good. <laughs> and for those of you watching from home, don't worry about it. But this... <laughs> This is what, and, and, and I'm going to add an extra 10 minutes for Brother Reyes, so just. <laughs> but see, here, here's the problem, though. You know, 
everybody, y'all going to wind up going out of here cross-eyed because one eye is going to be on me or this thing. The other eye is going to be on Pat. So we're, you doing okay, sister? You doing okay? All right, praise God. But, but you know, we, I get to thinking about, you know, today, what is, you know, taking place. Think of the time that we are in. There are people speculating now. They're looking at the Euphrates River and going, my soul, it's drying up. By the way, it is drying up. Making way for an army of, oh, let's call it 200 million. I don't know when that is going to take place, but I do know this. Our God is preparing this world as he said he would. Look in verse 14. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that ye look for such things. You know, we're, you know, we're studying Revelation in Sunday school and, you know, reading the Bible now and such. Be diligent that ye may, ye may be found of him in peace without spot and blameless. In other words, resting in him, abstaining from sin, rejoicing in what he has given us. So that's what we're doing this morning. Gonna encourage each other. Now, I believe our God is continuing to bring us to further revelations. We look back at Tuesday and we go, what happened? God's will. God's will. Hey, Christian. Hey, preacher. You're, you're, you're looking too much at what man can do. I was at a, uh, uh, we had a uh, gathering over at the uh, Capitol on Tuesday morning. Uh, some of you know what happened then. <laughs> it rained. Uh, and so there was supposed to be a large group of people there. Well, there was about 30 of us. It was California Family Council. And they had some of us pastors come in and pray, and that was great. I, 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 you know, I'm looking at a small group. Okay, you know, let's get together. What I didn't realize is there were 3,000 people watching it online. I think I might have, you know, pulled in my stomach a little bit more if I'd have known that. But everybody was there, you know, praying about Prop 1. We're thinking about, again, the, the, uh, the election. And we have on our mind that, hey, this is going to be good. I remember going to Washington, D.C., uh, for those of you that were back here then, I remember going to Washington in 1994. That's when the wave really hit. And we got there to Washington, and things were so excited. I was there for American Association of Christian Schools, and God's people were moving so much. There was stuff that was attacking homeschooling. The phones actually absolutely went on a meltdown to the point that one of my congressmen had to walk out of his office, go to a payphone in the hallway. He called up and said, what do I have to do to stop the phones from ringing? That's great. And so we just figure, you know, it's, it's going to be happening all over again. I, I'm telling you, our God is moving. We're, we, we are being reminded of this. Number one, this world is not our home. It is not. 
we are seeing the world rush headlong into the tribulation. You ever heard the saying, you know, the day is going to get the day is going to happen whether you get up or not. How many of you have ever looked at that and you've reached, you know, the harsh reality? Well, I guess I better go. You know something? God's program is going to go on whether we believe it or not. Whether we participate or not. I would just as soon look to my heavenly father and say, Lord, whatever you need from me, whatever you need from me, because this is important. This is important. The most important things in life are spiritual things. Think of that. The most important things in life are not the scorecard that or, or you know ESPN or, or whatever, or Fox News or whatever, wherever you get your news, the most important thing is what we find out right here. The fight for biblical marriage is a spiritual one, not in the ballot box. It is in the gospel to get people to understand, be sure your sin will find you out. The battle against abortion is a spiritual one. And I'm telling you, there is a generation, I do not know when, but I promise you, based on the character of God, California one day is going to come to a horrifying reality of the blood that it has dripping from its hands because of abortion when God pulls the trigger on the most dangerous earthquake fault in the world, from L.A. to San Francisco and beyond, into the Northwest, I'm telling you, God is going to make sure that mankind understands you will reap what you sow. You will do it. And they have been warned. And you know, the more we warn the more they're going to hate us. But our God is on our side. The battle against transgenderism is a spiritual one. He made them male and female, not multiple choice. And I think it is so unbelievably sad that there are children that are being groomed and talked into an idea that what God had them be born in is not really who they are. I'm sorry, you know, we, this is Romans 1. Now, I'm not going to preach Romans 1. But you ought, to, you ought to read it again. You ought to look at it and recognize God gave them up unto vile affections, God gave them up unto absolute insanity because of the sin in their heart. So sad. So sad. You know, we so wanted somebody like Jennifer Ruth to be elected. You know what's really sad? Here's a young lady that is a godly believer in Christ. She couldn't get a majority. It's the same thing here in California, but really all over the United States you find pockets that's like, 
What, what is it that people are not realizing? They're blind. They're blind. So, again, let's recognize this. We are called to be an encouragement to each other. Hebrews 10, 24. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. Now, that doesn't mean that Brother Whiteside walks up to Brother Reyes and goes, hey, get with it. That's not provoking to love and to good works. No, this is what we do. We pray for each other. We encourage each other. Hey, praise God. Let's learn of him. And I'm serious when I say that. Do you stop and think, what have you learned of your God lately? For me, this speaks volumes. Again, going into the book of Colossians, we won't be making it tonight, but in Colossians 1.28, Paul wrote, whom we preach, speaking of Christ, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. Now, you might not believe it, but any preacher or teacher that stands up that has, that understands the biblical mandate, they are looking people in the face that they, by God's grace, desire to be complete in him, passionate for him, growing in him, understanding him more and more as the days go by, getting into the word. Why? Because that is what we're called to do. I think of this, that every person here one day will, will be standing before Jesus Christ. Can you imagine this? Ten people standing up here. And somebody says, all right, one of these people, they're going to die and they're going to go to hell. But you got 90%. Now, biblically, what do we learn from there? Hey, there was a time where it was 90 and 9 that he had, the shepherd. What's he do? Hey, Joe, would you watch these? I've got to go find the lost sheep. You see, because everybody matters. See, all life matters. Eternal life matters. Probably, you know, th this, this is something that we heard every year when we were in Bible college. At the end of the year, this benediction. I love this out of the book of Jude, verse 24. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and ever. We're here because of him. We need to keep that in mind. So can we do this? Let's renew ourselves to the call of heaven. Are you listening? Let's renew ourselves. I, I, let, let's, just, let's just get going. Let's understand that we, we've got a culture right now that is pressing against us. Things have changed. Things have changed since COVID. There are people, you know, they, they don't want to they, they take chances, you know, or whatever. I praise God for this lady right here. 
you know, hey, I don't care. It sure beats sitting at home, doesn't it? So let's get going again. Let's get going again. I want to provoke you right now. I want to provoke you this morning. Stretch yourself. Listen, get out, take an extra step. Yeah, but I might fail. Listen, you know how many times I've gotten to the pulpit and to me, the, the, the message went, you know, but you do it anyway, by God's grace, you get a, because it's the calling. And God takes care of what takes place. Paul said to the church at Philippi, I was just reading about the Philippian jailer this morning in my devotions. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, not these 10 things I dabble in, this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. How many of you have ever failed in your Christian life? Forget it. Forget it. Go forward. 1 Corinthians 9.24, so run that ye may obtain. Hebrews 12.1, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. So, first of all, know him. I don't know what's wrong with this thing. I'm going to have to fix it later on. Know him. Look at Philippians 3.10. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering being made conformable unto his death. That word that translates know means know by personal experience. Can I encourage you? Listen, how many of you right now could give testimony of something that God did in your life, not because of what you read in what he did in somebody else's life, but it was something that he did in your life. Okay? In other words, he showed mercy, he showed grace, he showed the way, something like that. May I please encourage us Let's learn something a little bit more this week about our God. Trust him for something, which, by the way, brings me to the next point. Trust him. Trust him. Hebrews 11.6, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Did you hear that? It's not a thing where God doesn't play gotcha games. He doesn't send you out to find something out and then he goes, oh, I'll just try again next week. No, no, no. You'll seek me and find me, he said, if you search for me with all your heart. Trust him. Trust him. Listen, God has a plan. Isaiah 46, 9, remember the former things of old. 
For I am God and there is none else. I am God, is there none like me? Declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times the things that are not yet done, saying, my counsel shall stand and I will do all my pleasure. In other words, I got it well in hand. You can trust me. Like somebody said one time, has it ever occurred to you that nothing ever occurs to God? Now, some of you, you'll get that after you have your second cup of coffee. The Lord is not just speaking here of one giant sweep through time. He was speaking concerning Israel and their idolatry. And he's trying to get them to realize that he, if they wake up, he is walking with them. Now, I emphasize this for a reason. We've got to trust him. Israel learned the hard way. They wound up being taken over by another nation, and then again, and then again. Do you think America just might be taken over by another nation because of our sin? Are there nations in the world that could do that? And I think some of them, they wouldn't even have to fire a shot. That's not a nice way to talk about your own country. Our country has learned a bad way about talking about our God. Now, again, we are on the winning side. No matter what happens, we can trust him. But let's remind ourselves and often, which brings us to this. Ask him, ask him. 1 John 5, verse 14, and this is the confidence that we have in him, that we, if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. Well, what's according to his will? Read your scripture and you'll love it. You know it's his will that you stay in his protection? Do you know it is his will that he loves you? You know that it's, it's his will that he protect you? Yeah, but I've heard of Christians that have, that have suffered, yes. Did the Lord walk with them? The same God that was with the three Hebrew children in the fiery furnace is our God. That means pray without ceasing. But then also John 16, 23 and in that day ye shall ask me nothing. Verily, verily, I say unto you, whatsoever ye shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it you. What, a, what an incredible promise. According to his will, anything that our Lord sees, we need, we've got it. We've got it. I've got a sign I'm going to be finishing up on this week, getting the design and stuff. But back here, uh, through these inside double doors, not the outside ones, but the inside double doors, looking this way above the double doors, I'm having a sign made that will fill that whole area. I think there's something that 
I've just felt like there's something that we need to be reminded of as we come into this place. And so I'm having this sign put up that says this, my house shall be called a house of prayer. Every time we walk into this place, we're going to be reminded we need to pray. In fact, we need to come in here prayerfully. Imagine, imagine knowing the Lord so well and walking in his spirit that we ask according to his will and he hears us. That's Bible. Now, praise God for answers to prayer, but there is so much more to pray. And by the way, can I, can I encourage you in something? You know, I, I was going to have Ted get up and say something. Uh, I think we're going to do that next, next week instead. But we've got a children's, King's Kids going again. I praise God for that. That is great. You know, if you have the opportunity, you need to come on Wednesday night. Now, a week, not this week, but next week when Adam Young is here, we're going to be pulling it to Tuesday night. That's the night that he's going to be here. And we usually do that because it's, because it's Thanksgiving and people travel. But we have opportunity. We have opportunity to gather corporately and pray. There's much that I see that is needed in our fellowship in this church. This pastor needs to understand, you know, guidance, Lord, help us. But look at the time that God has put us in. This, this, this is incredible. We're, we're preparing for unbelievable days. And it's us. And you've got a part in it. And it's not to be a spectator. You're not supposed to come into the church and go, well, you know, uh, let's see, the preacher eh, is all right. You know, he just, he, he's gained a little bit of weight. That drives me crazy. But, uh, you know, it's just, I, I, I'll give him an, I'll give him an eight five, you know. Oh, this one, but that was really, you know, you're going to get a six three, buddy. Sorry. That's not what we're supposed to be doing. There's not a person in here, not a person in here that hasn't been called specifically for a role that you have in the body of Christ. Not one person. Which brings us to this. Obey him. Obey him. 1 John 2, 3, and hereby we do know that we know him if we keep his commandments. Yeah, but what if God asked me to do something I don't want to do? Do it. He gives the power, and he gets the glory. Why is it we struggle with trusting a Savior that went through so much to save us. And yet we're fearful he might call us to something that is like, eh. Well, I, I've told you this before. We've got, a, we've got a young girl, Alex. She just turned 14. I'm, I was 14 
I was 14 when I said, uh, somebody asked me, what do you want to work? What do you want to do with your life? And I said, I want to work with teenagers. And I meant it. I meant it. But I didn't plan on being a pastor. For 31 plus years, I have felt like a fish out of water. Why? Because I believed with all my heart I was a number two man. I wanted to be somebody's Aaron or her. But I knew beyond the shadow of a doubt, God called me here. So, for the last 31 plus years, this is what it's been. Especially looking at some of you. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But you obey him. Because the Lord tells us in Matthew 6, no man can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Boy, obedience. Now all of a sudden I've got that Patch the Pirate song going through my mind. Obedience is the very best way to show that you... Come on, how many of you know that? Okay, Crystal, you want to get up here and help me with it? (laughs) But you know, stop and consider what our God, how he is seeking to glorify himself in us, in obedience. Would you do this? Would you learn to trust God a little bit more by obeying him this week in something that God has has called you to do? Look, I know this. It's not that hard to take a gospel tract to a 14-year-old and say, hey, listen, would you give this to your parents? You know, we'd love, you know, have, have you come, uh, you know, and, and great. And, and you know, giving gospel tracts out to some people this last week, it wasn't that hard. But when they're six foot five, 280 pounds, and they've got tattoos all the way down here, and they're not happy because they just got a traffic ticket from a highway patrolman while they were riding their Harley, and then you walk up and you go, I know. Sometimes it's a little hard. I grew up. We had a, <laughs> it, was really, it was really interesting. We had a Satan slave across the street from us. And his wife was my mom's best friend. And she got saved and their kids got saved and were coming to our church. But he was a Satan slave. Down the, just a few blocks down, excuse me, a few doors down was a hell's angel. It was interesting. It was really good on that street. I remember babysitting for the Satan slave. And one time, bam, 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 on the door. I'm in seventh grade. I open the door. There are three guys on Harleys standing there. Where's John? I don't know. You know, sometimes we wind up getting in situations that we just as soon like to avoid. If God has called us, get the point, understand. Oswald Chambers wrote this. I've read that when Edward VI, the king of England in the 16th century, attended a worship service, 
He stood while the word of God was read. He took notes during this time and later studied them with great care. Through the week, he earnestly tried to apply them to his life. This is a king. That's the kind of serious-minded response to truth the Apostle James calls for. Listen to this. A single revealed fact, a single revealed fact, cherished in the heart and acted upon, is more vital to our growth than a head filled with lofty ideas about God. We can learn tons about God. But he says, you take that one thing that you learn and you act on it and it beats everything else. I'm going to trust him. I'm going to obey him in this. And it's worth more. Which brings us to this, Matthew 5. Let's live him. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. They would, we don't want people to see us. We want people to see him. Now, sometimes that might mean a little bit of pain. But we want people to see him. It might even be a little bit of an embarrassment but we want people to see him. And I know, I understand. There's times when you wind up getting caught flat-footed and you don't realize all of a sudden what has happened and the opportunity was lost and really maybe you wind up failing it a little bit. I've been there, believe me, (laughs) more than once. But if we can just think this, you know, I want to live him. You know, right now, Islam is on the rise. Atheism is on the rise. You look at other religions, Scientology, et cetera, et cetera. You know why? Because people are saying Christianity has failed. Number one, our God has not failed. But number two, God's people have not taken him as serious as we are. I was reading a book. Oh, my soul. Roger? I was reading a book this last week on, on pastors and how they struggle. Now, I don't know who they were talking to, but I'm reading this thing and I'm getting depressed because they're talking about pastors who are just tanking and this and that and just giving up and everything. And I'm thinking, that's, that's not like so many of the guys that I know, but there are struggles, Strug- just, just like what everybody else goes through. Hey, it makes it real simple if we think about this. Are you a Christian? Say amen. All right. You've got light. The world needs light. Let your light so shine. I didn't do good in math, and I I can still understand that. Proclaim him. We're almost done. 1 Peter 3.15, but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. Listen, read your Bible. 
study the word. And all God's people said, don't let it grow dust during the week and then you come that Sunday morning. Everybody can get something out of the word every day. Let me say that again. Everybody can get something out of the word every day. Push, just just do it. Do it. Read the scripture. Recognize a promise. Recognize a command. See a characteristic in somebody. You know, it's fascinating to wind up seeing what some people do. You know, the difference. I've used this before. I can't remember. It's been a long time ago. But you go to 2 Chronicles uh, chapter 24. You don't need to turn to it, but 2 Chronicles 24. Joash was, I think it says, eight years old, seven or eight years old, when he became king in Judah. And he did that which was right all the days of Jehoiada the priest. You go 10 chapters later, uh, Josiah was eight years old, I think it is, when he became king. And he did that which was right, not going to the right hand or to the left. Question, what's the difference between the two? Basically the same age. One, he did right as long as an adult was there pointing out the way. The other, he did right, period. Studying people in the Bible is fascinating. And that's just one of hundreds that you can do. You know, the Apostle Paul said this to the church at Corinth. And brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you, save Jesus Christ and him crucified. And then Paul says this, and I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. He wasn't Captain America. He wasn't, you better hope you can live by the time I get done with you. It wasn't that. I remember when I was really struggling, the church had no idea. I'd be up here preaching just like this, and I'd be in a major panic attack, and nobody ever knew it. By the way, I'm not having one now. Down deep inside, I'm laughing at a couple of you. I'm just kidding. I'm just just kidding. But the point is, there have been many, 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 many times I have recognized my weakness. And you do too when you wind up talking to somebody about the Lord. But we can trust him. Listen, 2 Corinthians 12, my grace is sufficient, present tense, at any given time. I reminded myself of it this morning. You know, my God is sufficient. Your God is sufficient. So, Proclaim him. Do it. And then lastly, anticipate it. Romans 14, 12. 
So then every one of us shall give account of himself to God. Daniel Webster said this, my greatest thought, my greatest thought is my accountability to God. Now just, just try to sink, do something to grasp that thought. He said, my greatest thought is my accountability to God. You walk outside, you're going to see the sunshine. Tonight, if there's no clouds, you'll see a few stars. The city lights wind up wiping so many of them out. But recently, when we were in the desert, it was tremendous to see. All the stars, incredible. The God that keeps all of that going, one day, you and I will come and we will stand before him. And he is going to look at us. And so many people have blown off that thought. We get the idea that it's going to be no big, oh, Lord, that, you know, I'm sorry. Can we do it again? That's not what's going to happen. Well, as long as I get to heaven, okay. You walk into heaven. And the Lord Jesus Christ is there, and he extends his hands. And with those hands extended, you look. Jesus Christ is the one that is going to have, as it were, the imperfect body because he's going to bear the scars for all eternity when he took our sin on him. We're going to be able to blow that off. I don't think so. No wonder we're going to be casting crowns at his feet, Mike. No wonder. No wonder we're going to be singing his praises. Now look, we've been all over the map when it comes to emotions. Last weekend was fantastic. I mean, the preaching, it was the fellowship, everything. And then Tuesday hit. No. Our God rules over all. Let's let's take these things and it's like, Lord, I, I, I want to grow on purpose this week. I want to trust you. Yeah, but that means that there might be might come a situation in your life. Yeah, understand that. Lord, Lord, I want to learn to love you more. I, Lord, one day I'm going to be standing in front of you. Lord, help me to live with that in mind. Can we do that? I mean, otherwise. What direction is Faith Baptist Tabernacle going to go? We have people that are not here right now. I I called on this last week. I don't know where they are. Breaks my heart. Because one day, and I want to see everybody come, maturing, growing in him, standing before him. Oh, there's coming a time. 
1 Thessalonians 4, 16, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. And then he says, verse 18, Wherefore comfort one another with these words. Oh, it could really get tough. You know where the comfort's going to be? Hey, brother, he's coming for us. Hey, Dan, hey, Dave, he's coming for us. Hey, Ralph, he's coming for us. Let's let's be encouraged in that. So, with that in mind, seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought ye to be and all holiness, all holy conversation and godliness. Can we be encouraged together as a church right now? I am going to allow God to stretch my faith this week. In fact, I'm going to live like I expect it because he is worthy. All God's people said. Now, <clears throat> that means we need to ascertain how we're going to be living as believers, as Americans, as local church members. I want to see this place alive. We've got some other things that we're doing. We're going to make some changes here. I'm looking forward to it. God is good, isn't he? He's good. He's good. 